Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. Our Sunday services have now moved online and you can tune in every week for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon by going to christchurchlondon.org forward slash church hyphen at hyphen home. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. afternoon or evening depending on when you are watching this it is so good to be with you today we are coming towards the end of our series all about the holy spirit and today we are thinking about the gifts that the holy spirit gives us sometimes referred to as spiritual gifts these are gifts that we are given by god to help us be the church to help us love one another well Now, imagine that we were putting a footy team together. If you've ever played fantasy football, you'll know what I mean. You choose the best players that you want to make up your team. Imagine that I'd come to you and said, hey, do you know what? This season, I'm going to try just going for 11 goalies. You tell me, Joe, you don't get football. You need all the players. You need the strikers, the defenders, the midfielders. So I put that team together full of all the players, but my goalie spends the whole time wanting to be a striker, running up to the opposite end of the pitch, leaving the goal wide open. Or my strikers turn to my defenders and say, listen, we don't need you, we've actually got this covered. You would look at my team and you would tell me, this team is in trouble. They don't get it. They don't understand what they're part of and what they could actually be and do. This was how Paul felt when he heard about the church in Corinth. If you've not come across Paul in the Bible before, he had an incredible encounter with God that turned his life around. And after that encounter, he gave his life to telling people about the love of God. He would travel around sharing this message. And as he did, and as people started to believe and encounter God themselves, they started to gather together, forming new communities and new churches. One of these churches was started in the city of Corinth. And when Paul had left this church and had continued to travel, he started to hear reports that they weren't doing well. In fact, they were in a mess. This young church was full of infighting, of comparison, of people trying to prove that they were more important than others, people trying to make it all about them and their position in the church, telling others that they weren't needed or they weren't as important. They did not get who they were and all that they could be and do. There was all sorts going on and very little of it was good. Paul needed to sort this out. And so he writes to the church in Corinth. And the first letter that he wrote to them is what we know in the Bible is 1 Corinthians. Paul, fully inspired by God as he is writing, he starts off reminding them who they are, that they are chosen and loved by God. And then he looks at these specific problems that needed to be resolved. And then he gets to chapter 12 and he lifts their eyes. This is where we are gonna land today because in chapter 12, the church, this family of God that all of us are invited to be part of, is described as a body, one body with lots of different parts that are connected and woven and united together. A body that is formed together, that works together, that values each part, that it recognizes and is grateful for the differences. Each part is honored and each part needs the other parts if this body is to be healthy and whole. This 
is what God wants us to know about his church. This is what he is opening our eyes to see in 1 Corinthians. This is what he dreams of his church to be. And this is what Jesus actually prayed for when he was here on earth. It's a prayer recorded in John chapter 15. He prayed that his followers would be one and that the love that we have for each other would spill out, that this love would be so dynamic and healing and freeing that people would notice and would actually start to also become part of it. And not only does Jesus pray for this to be so, but through his Holy Spirit, he has also given us gifts to help this be. And to understand these gifts is to understand that they're different. They're meant to be used to complement each other, together building a whole picture of who God is, of how he works, how he loves. If there's only goalies, the team never scores. If there's only one note in music, the beauty of a symphony would never be heard. If there's only one color, we'd never see a rainbow or be able to paint a masterpiece. If there's only ever one ethnicity, we'd never understand the fullness of God or humanity. God's oneness creates and holds the space for every uniqueness to find a home. There is one God, one Holy Spirit, one body. But this body is rich in natural and supernatural gifts. And this is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members are one body. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, nor the head to the feet, I don't need you. God has so composed the body that there may be no division. You're the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. Paul was reminding the Corinthian church of how this life with Jesus is experienced and expressed. And because the Bible is alive and active, it also speaks to us today. And it's within this context of being a body that Paul talks about spiritual gifts that we have been given to help us be this body, this diverse, beautiful, not perfect yet, but genuine embodiment of the love of God here on earth. Now, we don't have time to look at all of these gifts in details today. We've spoken um, on, in church, sorry, we've spoken in church on these in the past. If you go to the resources on the website, you'll find different talks there. But what I hope to get us to do today is to realize what we are part of and all that all of us, wherever we may stand today, all of us are invited to and what God is actually given to help us live out this life of faith. So we're gonna look at what the gifts are, how we receive them and how we use them. What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? We have a few listed in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and mentioned at other times throughout the Bible. And I've gathered these passages together and without repeating the lists in each one, I've added in little explanations about what they are. They're not full explanations. We could literally give whole talks on each one. But as I read this, I invite you to participate with me 
to actually reflect upon these gifts as they're mentioned. Maybe ask God to highlight what gift he has given you or is giving you um, or that you would like to find out more about. This is what it says in these passages. Now to each the manifestation of the spirit, the presence of the spirit is given for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom. That's being able to see through the confusion of the situation, to give direction that can point people to God. To another is given a message of knowledge. So when we're able to speak understanding and knowledge into a situation, sometimes this is a specific word from God that would not otherwise be known. To another is given faith. When you can live boldly trusting God, expecting God to do great things, often inspiring others to do so also. To another, there's gifts of healing. Those who have this gift are often compassionate towards those who are sick. They pray with trust and faith that God can heal and keep on praying even when he doesn't. They are also so mindful of the spiritual well-being of those that they're praying for. To another, there's given miraculous powers. People with this gift often have a heightened awareness to the presence and the purposes of God and are able to pray for specific situations and circumstances. To another, there's given prophecy. When you receive a message from God and deliver it to others, this could be for direction or correction or encouragement, comfort amongst other things. To another, there's the gift of discernment to distinguish between spirits, being able to discern between good and evil, recognizing what spiritual forces are at work. To another, there's speaking in different kinds of tongues. This is often a prayer or a message spoken in a language that the speaker doesn't know, and it can be a heavenly language. It's often used personally or to encourage the church. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And this is the ability to understand and explain what has just been spoken. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And God has also placed in the church apostles. Those are called by God with the spiritual authority to pioneer new churches, ministries, areas of work. Then there's teachers, those with the gift to communicate what the Bible says and help people apply it to their lives. Then the gift of administrating. This means to steer. It's a leadership gift that often focuses on details and organization. And in addition to this, in Romans 12, we're told, if your gift is serving, this is often an act of service done with genuine love for the community. People who aren't looking for the spotlight, but are just happy to help out, then serve. If it's to encourage, this gift exhorts others, it strengthens them in faith, it calls out courage, it challenges and nurtures, then give encouragement. If it's giving, People who have this gift just love to think of others. They give as a way of blessing others, often hospitable with their lives and their homes. Then give generously. If it is to lead, those who are leading, assisting, protecting, caring for others, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, often expressed by loving and caring for those who are suffering, being sensitive to those who are hurt and having great empathy, then do it cheerfully. And in Ephesians 4, there's added the evangelists, those who have a unique ability to connect with um, and clearly communicate with people regarding faith. And they're always looking for ways to do this. And the pastors, those called and gifted to care for a local body, often with a mixture of abilities to be able to look after people.
So how do we receive and grow in these gifts? This is the picture of what we are part of. How do we receive and grow in these gifts? Open our hearts to the love of the Holy Spirit and eagerly desire the gifts that he gives. Pray, stay in friendship with God, read the Bible, study these passages and others when it talks about how these gifts are expressed. See a need around and do what we can to meet it. Be in community where love is lived out. Maybe you're thinking I'm a bit nervous about these gifts or some of these sound a bit weird. I've never heard about these before or I actually don't know what gifts I have. Don't worry, that is totally normal. Trust the wisdom and encouragement that you might be given from others. Have conversations, ask questions. Trust wisdom from leaders to help you work out where your gifts may lie. Trust what the Holy Spirit gives us. We may be given gifts for a specific time or situation and we may be given a continual gift throughout our life that marks us significantly. When we're given these gifts, don't compare, don't try and have someone else's. Take care of what you've been given and that's how it will become a valuable gift to others. Maybe you're thinking if the Holy Spirit gives the gifts, then why do I also need to eagerly desire them, which is what we're told in 1 Corinthians 12. We don't receive and then just discard them and not take care of them. We're, we're to honour these gifts, to grow them, to be open, to keep and on receiving, to steward the gifts as we've been given them, to give them back as a way of loving others, of building community, of serving the church. So how do we eagerly desire them? <clears throat> well, what do you do when you eagerly desire something? If we eagerly desired to paddleboard, we'd learn about it, we'd ask questions about it, we'd find people who were already paddleboarding, we'd watch them, we'd think about how we're using our time, our resources, our energy, and we'd find ways to give paddleboarding a go. Similar. We have been given these gifts for the common good according to the start of chapter 12. We're given these gifts to strengthen, encourage and comfort each other, to help us as a church actually grow in maturity, being all that she can be. And we're given these two instructions in this passage to love each other and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. If we don't desire, receive and use the gifts that we've been given, we will miss out on ways to love each other. Now the truth is some of us may have had bad or painful experiences of these gifts, times when they haven't been used well, times when they may have instead caused division or confusion or been used to wield power and manipulate. And this community in Corinth were doing similar things. They were not humbly using these gifts for the good of each other. And Paul's response to this in these chapters, chapters 12, 13, 14, is not to stop them using the gifts, but to reground this entire community in love. And just after he described all these gifts in chapter 12 and told us to eagerly desire them, he goes on to write at the start of chapter 13. Listen, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, then I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I can boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. 
Paul then goes on to talk about what love is in that well-known passage that many of us may have heard. And through these words, we are reoriented to love. Paul reminds us of the beauty and the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit only when they are experienced and expressed in love. So if you've had a bad experience, talk to someone. We have a pastoral care team, a prayer team, speak to a connect group leader, a service leader, me, a friend, talk to someone. Let love heal and restore you. So we've talked about what the gifts are very briefly, um, how we are to receive them and how we use them. Take a step of faith. Serve on a team that expresses a gift that you've been given or you want to try out. We have so many amazing gifted people that are leading connect groups, running tech and production, praying faithfully and hearing from God for us, helping set up each week, giving generously behind the scenes, calling people, serving in food bank and so much more. If you're not already, then join in. Practice. There'll be some gifts that we're given that might feel quite natural to us and there'll be others that the Holy Spirit begins to reveal as we pray and as we seek him on this. A while ago, my mum and I went to the Stockwell service. She's called Sandra. Not many people in the Stockwell service know her and as far as I knew, no one knew that she was gonna be there that morning. But before we arrived, the prayer team had been praying and someone on the prayer team had what they thought was a word of knowledge, some information from God and also a prophecy, a message that God wanted to give that a lady called Sandra was gonna to go to the service that morning that God wanted to know that he sees her. So my mum and I arrive at the service um, and we couldn't stay till the very end. And as we were leaving, Tim, who had been told this by the prayer team before the service started, clocked us leaving and suddenly thought, Sandra, he knew my mum was called Sandra. So he ran after us and he said, Sandra, before church this morning, the prayer team were praying and they wanted you to know that God sees you. Our family have been going through quite a difficult time at that time and it may seem very insignificant and small to you, but to my mum, that was a profound encouragement um, that strengthened her to keep going and she still treasures that to this day and she is so grateful for how that person and the prayer team together heard and served um, as they listened to God and used their gifts in that way. So step out in faith, practice um, these gifts and thirdly, stay humble and stay connected. We may have a sense of what God is doing and when we bring that to community or leadership, we can get confirmation or help to maybe readjust. And when we each bring our gift to connect with the gifts of others, we also begin to see more clearly and it's more fun. A number of years ago, I sensed God had been speaking to me through the book Red Moon Rising and he'd said, set up a network of prayer rooms across Merseyside. And so I went and asked someone and said, do you think this is from God? And if it is, what do I do? She said, yes, and here's a few people who can help. So I called them and we became a group of friends who met together to pray every week. And this was in October and one evening, Gary, one of the guys said, um, listen, we need to start in the city center for a week of prayer where we invite all the churches to. And I said, yes, and it needs to be the last week of January. 
So we got to work organizing, spreading the word. And as we were looking for somewhere to actually have the week of prayer, I felt like it should be in the upstairs room of a cafe I'd been volunteering in. I asked them, they said no. They said it was too dangerous to have the space open 24 seven. So we kept looking. And then I had a dream one night and I woke up at a very specific point in the dream, felt a bit shaken, but went back to sleep. But the next night I had the exact same dream. And that's when I thought, I think this might be a prophetic dream from God but I didn't know what it meant. So the next day I called a friend and I explained the dream to him. He was gifted in discerning and understanding um, dreams. And he said he would pray and see what came to mind. And as I was waiting for him to call me back, a lady who I didn't know called me. My name had been going out on the flyers and she said, is this Joe Wells? Well, I was just praying and I felt like God wanted you to know. Um, about Psalm 91 and I want to read it over you and pray it over you as a promise of protection. I said amazing, she did, that was so lovely. A few hours later my friend calls back and says the only thing that's come into mind regarding your dream is Psalm 91, a promise of protection and that's when I thought this is not about me, this is about the prayer room. So I called the cafe back and I said, please, will you reconsider? We're going to be totally fine. There is no need to worry. So they took it back to their trustees and they said yes. <clears throat> And we had the week of prayer there where loads of different churches from across all denominations came together to pray for the region, for the city um, together. And we had no idea that when we planned it, what a significant week in the city that would be. And from that week of prayer, churches started weeks of nonstop prayer until we had a year of prayer across the region. And from that prayer, there was so many other things that began as ways to serve the community. I couldn't have done that on my own and I wasn't meant to. And to finish, it's never about us. It's never just about us having a gift. The gifts of the Holy Spirit awaken us to what we get to be part of. They awaken us to the presence and the purposes of God. We have been given these gifts to strengthen the body, the church, so that we can serve those around us. What an incredible time in history we get to do this. Let's eagerly desire the presence of God and the gifts that he gives us. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to ChristchurchLondon.org.